Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this fifth Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for today. You heard it read before from Luke chapter 10. I recall just these words. Of these three men, who do you think was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by robbers? The expert said, the one who was kind enough to help him. Jesus told him, go and imitate his example. The name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, my beloved. The parable of the Good Samaritan. It's such a well-known parable of Jesus that... uh, Hospitals have been named, Good Samaritan Hospital. Also, there are laws that protect people when they become Good Samaritans, helping somebody along the way. What happens if complications come? They can't sue you, the Good Samaritan law. The parable of the Good Samaritan, very simply told, a man is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Some people think that uh, when the writer, 23rd Psalm, King David, talked about the valley of the shadow of death, he was talking about that road from Jerusalem to Jericho. Dark, cavernous, dangerous, never knew what was lurking in the shadows. And so a man making that trip was mugged, robbed, beaten, left for dead. Have any of you... Don't want to get too personal. Have any of you ever got beaten up? I mean, not, unfortunately, Troy did. I, it's not a very uh, great experience, let me tell you. You might th- think that while you're going through it, you think you might die. So there he was lying on the road. Three people came along. First of all, a priest, one of those highly spiritual men that uh, did the sacrificing in the temple. Took a look at the man, passed by. Maybe, you know, it was going through his mind according to Jesus, it's a parable, but uh, hey, I don't want to get involved. This guy's laying here. Maybe the same thing's going to happen to me. Next it says, a Levite came along. The Levites were temple helpers. Highly religious men, knew about all the ceremonies, didn't get involved in all of them, but helped around the the temple. Passed by. Afraid what might, be, might happen to him. And then along comes a Samaritan. So what's so unusual about Samaritans? Well, Samaritans were uh, members of a race and creed that Jews thought to be idolatrous half-breeds. In other, in other words, the man... who should have considered their fellow Jew needing help, they passed by. But a man who the Jews considered to be their enemy stopped and helped. First aid. It doesn't say this in God's Word translation. You take a look at the original. It says that he poured on oil and wine. Medicinal aids back in that day. Wine as an antiseptic, oil as a soothing, cleansing agent. 
took him to an inn on his own animal. That means he couldn't ride. Told the innkeeper, here, you take care of him. Two silver coins. Must have been a lot of money back in those days. And said, if you need any more to take care of him, I'll pay you when I come back. Well-known parable of Jesus, the Good Samaritan, probably the most misunderstood. A lot of times you say, oh, you know what this is an example of as to how we should gauge our own charitable deeds of mercy. Mission Sewing Group makes a lot of quilts. Have we made enough for the poor people? Food pantry, did we give enough to help those in need this past year? Mercy ministry, did we give out enough help and aid to people in need? If we did, then we can sort of pat ourselves on the back, and if we didn't, then we kick ourselves on the be uh, behind and say we got to get going and do better. Wrong. To truly understand the parable of the Good Samaritan, you have to know why Jesus told it, told it, to whom he told it, and then you can really understand. Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan in answer to some questions posed to him by a man that uh, says he was an expert in Moses' teachings. Some of the Bible translations call him a lawyer. That's because the first five books of the Bible... Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy were called in, in the old days the law, written by Moses, all five books. Supposedly, this man was an expert. I'll tell you, when you take a look at the Pentateuch, the, the thing that you're amazed by is the details that God gives his people. I know there was a selection from Leviticus 18 and 19 this morning. I just wanted to read a few extra words from Leviticus 19. When you come into the land and plant all kinds of fruit trees, you must not eat the fruit for the first three years. In the fourth year, all the fruit will be a holy offering of praise to the Lord. In the fifth year, you may eat the fruit. Do this to make the trees produce more for you. I am the Lord your God. Never eat any meat with blood still in it. Never cast evil spells and never consult fortune tellers. Never shave the hair of your foreheads and never cut the edges of your beard. Never slash your body to mourn the dead and never get a tattoo. I am the Lord. That's because these were all things that the heathen, non-believing cultures did. Never dishonor your daughter by making her a prostitute. Or the country will turn to prostitution and be filled with people who are perverted. Observe my days of worship and respect my holy tent. The tabernacle, I am the Lord. Don't turn to psychics or mediums to get help. That will make you unclean. I am the Lord your God. A lot of details in there, and so this expert of the law, wanting to try to make Jesus look like a fool, asked Jesus some questions to try to test him. The questions that he asked, and, and you see by Jesus' answer, is that uh, it shows that this man memorized all the words, but he really didn't know what they meant. The man's question from Moses' teachings, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered, well, what does Moses say? 
And the, the, the man had the words memorized from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Leviticus 19, will honor the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love the Lord your God uh, as you love yourself. Jesus said, well, do this, and you'll live. Jesus was sort of saying, well, if you knew the answer, why did you ask me in the first place? Love the Lord your God, heart, soul, strength, and mind, neighbor as yourself. If you're going to try to uh, earn eternal life that way, God demands perfection, perfect love for her, for him, perfect love for your neighbor. There's no way that you can do that. That's the first thing that Jesus wanted the man to know. Well, the man was red-faced and embarrassed. Instead of embarrassing Jesus, now he was embarrassed. And so it says he wanted to justify himself. You know that the word justify or justification is the central word of all of Holy Scripture? Justification means that God declared you not guilty of all of your sins for all time and forever through the blood of Jesus Christ. Declared not guilty. That's God's justification. You know what we do every day? We self-justify. Sometimes people call it rationalization. Trying to make us look uh, better than what we really are. He starts way back in childhood. He hit me first. I didn't do it. He did it too. I don't remember you saying that. But I don't do it very often. Everyone does it. Well, I know it was late, but it wasn't too late. I just didn't have the time to finish it. That doesn't apply to me. And what we say every time we go through that, sometimes you don't say it out loud, you know, it's that little inside voice that talks to you. Self-justification. So the expert in the law was trying to justify himself to save face. And uh, so he asked Jesus, well, you know, okay, I think I've done all this stuff, but uh, who is my neighbor exactly? You want to find out if I did that perfectly. Leviticus 19 answers that question too. <clears throat> Never hate another Israelite. Be sure to correct your neighbor so that you will not be guilty of sinning along with him. Never get revenge. Never hold a grudge against any of your people. Instead, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I am the Lord. Leviticus also goes on. Foreigners living among you will be like your own people. Love them as you love yourself because you were foreigners living in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You see, the man, again, knew the Bible's words, but he didn't know the meaning. And so he thought that if he just loved all his fellow Israelites, then he was keeping God's law and he's good to go. It would be sort of like us saying, um, you know who you're really supposed to love? Your neighbor as yourself are fellow Lutherans. And if you take care of and love all your fellow Lutherans, you're good to go. But who cares about the other people out there? That's when Jesus told the parable, and that's what the parable is all about. A man was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was robbed, left for half dead. His fellow Jews didn't help him. Religious fellow Jews didn't help him. A Samaritan comes along, considered to be the man's enemy. He helped. Who was the neighbor? Did you notice how the uh, 
expert in Moses' law didn't want to answer and say, oh, it was the Samaritan. So he just said, oh, the guy who helped them. What Jesus is teaching us is that everyone is our neighbor. Certainly your family members are your neighbors. Love your neighbors as yourself. There's some other neighbors I think a lot of times we forget about. Hassan Rouhani is your neighbor. If you don't know who he is, ask me after the service. Kim Jong is your neighbor. Xi Jinping is your neighbor. Tony Evers is your neighbor. Donald Trump is your neighbor. If you are a Democrat, Republicans are your neighbors. If you are Republican, Democrats are your neighbors. See how impossible it is for you and me, a sinner, to love your neighbor as yourself, as God commands, and so we need help for our sins. Even Peter, who supposedly was taught by Jesus there for three years. He wasn't an expert in loving his neighbor because he took out his sword and cut off the high priest's servant's ear. The only one in all of Scripture who exercised perfect love was Jesus himself. Look at the way he responds to Annas and to Caiaphas and to Pilate and to the soldiers. The parable of the Good Samaritan is an opportunity for us to analyze some attitudes. Because if you take a look at the parable, it's really a collection of a whole bunch of attitudes. To the expert in the law, the wounded man was a subject to discuss. To the robbers, the wounded man was someone to use and exploit. To the two religious men who passed by, the wounded man was a problem to be avoided. To the innkeeper, the wounded man was a customer that he would serve for a fee. To the Samaritan, the wounded man was a human being worth helping and worth loving. And to Jesus, all of them and all of us were worth dying for. So really, finally, in the end, doesn't that make Jesus the ultimate Good Samaritan? He comes along and he sees people, you and me, wounded and half dead in trespasses and sins. He binds up broken hearts. He saved lives for people who were born his enemies. And then Jesus says, go and imitate the Samaritan, he's saying, go and imitate also me. Imitate his example. And Jesus knows exactly when he says that, that we can't and we won't do it perfectly. But because he was perfect for us, he accepts our deeds of mercy as imperfect as they are, as good as gold and frankincense and myrrh. Jesus showing perfect love to you and me, which took him all the way to the cross. 
for all of which it is my duty to thank and to praise and to serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. Peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.